Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 255 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Dave and Kelly Johnson. They live in Dallas, Texas, where Kelly is an itinerant teacher of the deaf and hard of hearing who travels from school to school, and Dave is a pilot and certified flight instructor. Welcome, Dave and Kelly. Hi, Jen. Thank you. It's great to have y'all here, and I love talking to intermittent fasting couples. That's <laughs> just makes it so easier when both of you are on board, right? So sure. much so, yes. Well, you know I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? I'll start, Jen, because I found it first. Unfortunately, I have no idea exactly where I saw it, 
it was probably on social media. I've always kind of just been looking for for healthy tweaks uh, to make to my life. I saw somebody mention intermittent fasting. And so I kind of went into a research mode and um, went on Google. And I ended up finding the name Jen Stevens that same day. And I actually ordered Delay Don't Deny from Amazon that day. And it came right away. And I read it from cover to cover. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. I'm going to do this. And love it. When was that? It was in, I'm not 100% sure, but it was in spring of 2019. Okay. So I I just passed my, yeah. Since delayed on deny is what came up, I figured it was pre June of 2020, but yes, around around yes. spring of 2019. Yeah, spring of 2019, and I've since read Fast Feast Repeat, and I I love it, and I feel like that's what I always recommend to people because it's like the Bible to me. It's like a it's like a how to, but your narrative is just so easy to read with with a DDD. So. So I just loved it. And I was like, I, this is definitely something I want to try. Oh, good. Now, at the time, were you struggling with your weight? Because I know you mentioned that you were looking for healthy tweaks. I was. You know, I've never really been um, someone who struggled with weight very much. I did ballet. I know you did too when you were a little girl. And I was pretty slim. I did have a baby at 18 and another at 20. And that weight just fell right back off when I was breastfeeding and I could eat whatever I want, but our daughter that um, we had together, who I had at 30, that was a little different. She, the weight didn't fall right off. I didn't have to work as hard as I did when I was 18 and 20 because I had a great partner and love kind of makes you fat. I feel like um, (laughs) Dave and I were just so in love. We were just enjoying food together so much. We got very comfortable and I never weighed myself, but there was one doctor appointment I went to and I saw, I had, I've always been thought of myself as like a one in the one twenties <laughs> from, from when I was in my twenties, but I saw 185 on the scale. I'm, I'm, I'm about your height. I'm like five, four and a half, five, five. And I just was like, oh my God. Like I turned my head. I was like, oh, I cannot look at that number. That it's, number is it's so shocking, clo- right? Yes. It's so and close to 200 to yeah, me. And, that was that um, was how I felt too when I started <laughs> to see that number go up. Like for a long time, whenever I would get up in those high 170s, I would be like, okay, no. And then I would bring it down. And that was, my, was like my yo-yo level for a while. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I get it. Yeah. And I've always, I've, I've never been much of a dieter. I've never really jumped. I'm, I'm, inherently um, frugal. So I don't ever want to spend any money on Weight Watchers or anything like that. But I did, um, I will go on some like exercise resolutions throughout the years. I tried to be vegetarian for a year (laughs) and I gained weight. Actually, that 185 was probably close to that time that I was vegetarian. Um, It just, as you always say, like everybody's body is different. That did not agree with my body. I also was doing it probably way too dairy, carby, you know. Yeah. You know, that's like the the way I did low fat looking back on it, you know, is probably not the ideal way to do it because I was eating, well, I mean, it's definitely not. There's no probably there because I was doing the snack wells and the fat free. I mean, SpaghettiOs are fat free. They were a big part of my diet, right? <laughs> yeah. Processed food. Ravioli. Yeah. I mean, you know, that stuff, fat free, some of it. And you know, it just like I'm talking about the canned stuff, not like you know the good stuff. Like Chef Boy RD was always. <laughs> I don't know, that 
that's nuts. But, you know, I think a very, you can be a very healthy vegetarian. Absolutely. But I remember one time I tried to go gluten-free. It was like I read one of those books that scared you about gluten. This is when I was in the struggle years. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the answer. It's I have a wheat belly. <laughs> that's it. So I was like, I'm going to be gluten-free. And I like switched to gluten-free everything. And the food was actually junkier than what I had eaten before. I started to gain weight. So, but I don't think that's the ideal way to do it. You're not supposed to just start eating gluten-free brownies all the time. Right. right. <laughs> I was like, this gluten-free stuff's delicious anyway. <laughs> so vegetarian, the way you did it was not what was right for your body. No. I mean, and I've since like vegetables are my friend. Like I could do it differently. I just wanted to do it for a year and see how it was. And I was able to do that. And for a year though, that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I pulled the family along at least for dinner. If I'm cooking, that's what we're eating. And, and we had some adventures. We still tell stories about some of, some of the attempts that were quite funny. So, so Dave, did you love those (laughs) vegetarian days? Not so much. (laughs) Overall, I mean, Kelly's really good about finding good recipes and stuff. So honestly, most of it was no problem, but uh, there, yeah, you know, like she said, there was a couple times where it wasn't uh, that great, and I missed out on on the the most epic one that they had done. So thankfully, oh, I got to hear about that most one. epic one. I got to know. Was that the quinoa cakes? Quinoa cakes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Again, it was a pro- it was a processed food, and and the kids were like. I mean, it kind of looked like almost a meatball or something, and they took a big bite like it was going to be good, and they all just were, oh, like, my God, no. So you <laughs> bought quinoa cakes? You, like, were, like, frozen or something? Yeah. You're like, think, this I is going to so. be so good. Now, they looked good. Like I say, they look like meatballs. That does not taste like a meatball. No. I can't <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> so you got on the on the scale that day, and you were 185. So what did you do at that point? I guess I compartmentalized it and just was like, all right, I need to just be more conscious, you know? And so what do you do at that point? I mean, what's the recommendation? Five smaller meals a day, eat all day long, Mm -hmm. put food in your mouth as soon as your feet hit the floor in the morning, even if you're not hungry. So I did some of that and, and exercised and did not get on the scale. That was my my compartmentalization. <laughs> and I did that for just a while. Yeah. And did that work at all? Did you lose some weight? Did you? Um, yeah, probably. I don't, I, I, like I say, I wasn't weighing and um, I could see some weight dropping, especially exercise does do well for me. And now I'm more focused on like building muscle and that seems to just help me burn fat just naturally. Yep. There are definitely people who biologically need more exercise to lose weight. I found that to be very interesting when I learned that was linked to your DNA. And again, not at all surprised when I found my profile said not as likely to <laughs> lose weight with exercise because never in the history of my life has have I, you know, bumped up the exercise program and lost more weight. Like I can remember doing all this walking for hours with friends, you know, no, I just make me hungrier. I overcompensated for the exercise. But there are definitely people who exercise as an essential part of the weight loss. All right. So you went on for a while. You were not not really seeing the progress. And, and is that when you found intermittent fasting? Yeah. I mean, like I say, it was several years. We were already in Dallas when I found intermittent fasting. And since I've always just been looking for, okay, what's a way to 
you know, feel better. And I was just so interested in the health benefits and the non-scale victories that that's, that was kind of what sold me on it. Awesome. So Dave, did she tell you I'm going to do this intermittent fasting thing? And what did you think about that? Yeah, she kind of, um, she kind of just started doing it. And then, uh, you know, she just, she talked about it a little bit and she was definitely making some progress. And, and I had a similar kind of realization as well. I've, I've fought with weight all my life. And, uh, you know, in all throughout school, I was pretty heavy in high school. I got pretty lean actually. And then I see pictures of myself when I was like 21 and I was playing basketball three times a week at that point. And I was dunking a basketball. And so I was like pretty lean and 195 was the lowest I had ever gotten. And then I had my first marriage. And then once my, my son was born with her, my weight kind of went back up and then it kind of never really came down. I've always kind of fluctuated somewhere between like 260, 230. I'm six foot two. I was figuring, I was guessing that like, that, you know, 195, I was like, you must be tall. <laughs> so six two. Yeah. And so anyway, so I had gone to the doctor for just a regular physical. I hadn't had a physical in years and, and, you know, you have your shoes and clothes on and stuff, but I step on the scale, I'm 298. I'm like, oh my God. And that same thing as Kelly, you know, I was just like, okay, I got to do something. And I'd been in the automotive industry for, you know, 25 years at the time. And, and that's what moved us down to Texas. And a lot of time, automotive industry, especially on the service side, which is where I was, it, it's very stressful. And I was a manager. And so it's really hard to turn your brain off when you get home. It's just racing. At least mine was. Because you got that problem solving mode, right? You're problem yeah. solving all day, dealing with people who are not okay with what's happening. Yeah. Just overall stress with the you know amount of stuff going on, and and so I, I drank a lot, honestly, and and uh, so that was definitely a big part of it. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna you know at that point I was like, I'm gonna try to cut down on the drinking. So I, I lessened it quite a bit, and I got down to about uh, low two seventies, and then that's when Kelly had been doing intermittent fasting for it was several months, maybe six months or so, and you know I kind of just it kind of hit me one time. I was like looking at her and she's like, she has really dropped weight. And I was like, she looks really good. And so I asked her about a little bit more and got more information than I read the delay. Don't deny. Um, and I started fasting the next day and kind of worked at that. I, and at my lowest, I got down to two, I think I was two eleven, and was looking great and was able, I was, I kind of started mixing in some running in there and, uh, when I got down about two thirty, then it was getting kind of leveling off, and so I once I started doing a little bit of exercise, that seemed to really do it. And, and when I started it, I was working as a service manager and doing lots of walking and stuff, and so it was just kind of falling off because I had a decent amount of exercise just from working at that time. And then shortly after starting fasting, I ended up changing careers and went towards flying and. So throughout the school and stuff, I was able to kind of stay active a little bit, kind of walking around a lot and, and I was keeping up on it. And then, you know, I started, I've always, I've had knee problems for quite a while. And so my left knee was really starting to bother me. It was getting swollen and sore and stuff. And so I kind of had to stop running for a while. And, and so the weight started creeping up a little bit on me. And so now I'm, I'm right now I'm in the low two forties, so it's not terrible, but you know, that's one of the struggles I've kind of have is just, um, the lack of exercise in what I'm doing, because when I'm working now, I'm sitting in a, in a seat flying. 
you know, and then when I'm home, I'm sitting, you know, I'm usually, you know, unless I'm doing a project or something. So that's something that I'm currently kind of working through trying to figure out, you know, I'm going to, I have to get some exercise again, but it's kind of hard just because I have shoulder issues sometimes, like if I'm doing push-ups and stuff, and then I have knee issues, like even a long walk sometimes will make it swell. And so it's just kind of one of those things that I'm trying to figure out my, my path through that. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I love how you dropped that in there. And then I just changed careers. And like, like when you said you're a pilot, yeah. <laughs> like you just, just went to flight school as a, as a career change. Yeah. So Kelly had been trying to get me out of the automotive industry for per, at least five years, maybe 10. And I was working for Tesla at the time and my regional manager, he's one of those cutthroat people and it's a big company. And I wasn't a very good politician that yeah, you kind of have that. to learn to do that yeah. a little bit. And at the time, I wasn't I didn't, either. I, you yeah. know, yeah, bureaucrats. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, you know, you are. You, I, I am what you see. You know, and Me and too. so some people um, love that, and that they they love you, and others are like, I don't know if it's like threatened by that what you might say that isn't what they wanted you to say, right? Does it kind of like feel like that? You you're going to say something that's true, and they're like, not gonna like it. Yeah, and like um, <laughs> I I ended up uh, I got hired to be an associate manager there, and then I ended up becoming the manager. And you know, I was at the most I was leading seventy people, and everybody, you know, at least you know all but maybe a couple really you know was buying into what I was selling as far as a manager and things were going really well. And uh, anyway, so the regional manager make, says, you know, we need to increase production. We're going to start a night crew. And I was like, okay, so let's just start with like five technicians and one advisor, maybe a parts advisor. That's it. And just kind of slowly kind of build it. And he's like, nope, I want a full crew. 
you know, doubling the crew and so forth. So we did that. We hired all the people and all that stuff. And then, of course, our production goes way down because we have all these new people. And at the time, and that what my concern was, we already had about half our crew had been with Tesla for less than six months. And Tesla is not like Mercedes. You you can have a master technician with like a Mercedes tech or BMW, whatever. And it takes them a good six months to kind of ramp up with Tesla because how everything is is totally different. And anyway, so you know, production goes down, you know, issues come up because, you know, people aren't doing things right. Cause they're just, they're just not experienced they're yet. They're new. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, so every review I'd had over the two and a half years I worked there was stellar. And then he fires me for, because I'm the scapegoat. And I ended up also a manager that was in a different department that was where it was his kind of baby. Um, that basically department was going away and kind of getting blended into the service center's and so I was booted and he took over my position. And so at the, you know, I was now in Texas where I didn't, you know, grow up and, and been there, we'd been there for two and a half years and we like it here and stuff. And, and, uh, so I was just like, Kelly's like, you are going to go to college. You need to do what you, you know, you're going to go do what you really want to do. And, and I thought about it and I was just like, you know, the only thing I want to do is be a pilot. And she's like, well do that. And I love so, that. Kelly, yeah, you're awesome. So, so, yeah, so the, the good part about Tesla is, you know, they kind of with stocks and stuff, they kind of helped set us up to be able to get rid of debt. So we sold some stocks and got rid of, you know, all of our debt. And well, I did have to take some a school loan in order to uh, pay for some of it, but it paid for about half of it. Anyway, went through all that and then uh, became and now I'm doing I, I'm making like a qu- less than a quarter of what I was making at Tesla, but I've never been happier and I'm working towards, you know, in, in another, hopeful about a year or so, I'll be back to kind of about the same where I was making the Tesla. And then hopefully in a few more years after that, I'll be, you know, making a lot more than that, but it's, it's more about, you know, I'm happier, you know, professionally than I've ever been. And, and it's just been wonderful that Kelly's been able to, uh, let me do this. And, you know, she's been completely supportive and everything. So it's been awesome. Well, see, that's, that's the, the most important thing, you know, feeling like we can make a shift and, and do the thing that we love that brings us joy. Life is too short to be stuck doing something that brings you great stress. And I think that we're kind of in the middle of a change in our whole society of, of feeling like, you know what, I'm trapped in this awful, I'm not trapped. I'm not trapped. I can be free of this. And, you know, I think intermittent fasting, I mean, I, this is the intermittent fasting story here, but I think that for me, I've been easier to, it's been easier for me to get rid of the things that aren't serving me as an intermittent faster than than prior to intermittent fasting. I don't know. Absolutely. It feels like you're you're always you're always looking for something that's going to just make life better and simpler and happier and because intermittent fasting gets you started on that, then everything else kind of falls into place. The way your home's organized, the way your friendships, your family, all of it just and and career is also right there and Dave is Dave loves working now. And like I, like he said, I just, I had had, he had had the rug swept out from under him enough times. I'm just really happy for him. And there's no, the amount of stress that he was talking about where, yeah, he's just, he, he doesn't, he just doesn't have that anymore. He, it, he looks forward to work. So. Yeah. And I think to everybody listening that you may think, gosh, that sounds like me. And you might think you can't, you know, change your career as an adult. How old were you when you went back to to (laughs) flight school, Dave? 45. 
see, you can do it. You, it's never too late to do that. You know, um, my son Will is working at kind of an entry level job right now, but he's thinking about what he's going to do for his future. And there's somebody there who's like seventy who is going back to college. Oh wow, going back to college <laughs> to learn something. I'm like, that's amazing. You know, seventy. I guess you would you might feel like it's too old. It's not. <laughs> We've got a lot of good years ahead of us, right? So you have a lot of years to work in that um, in that new job. So Kelly, let's go back to you. When you first started intermittent fasting, how did you approach it? You know, I was one of the very many people who thought, okay, so Jen says clean fast. I don't think you called it that. No, I, don't I didn't. Deny- Mm-mm. We had we didn't you start using those words till 2017 and delay don't deny came out at the end of 2016. So yeah, we didn't say clean fast, but right. We- but I was part of the of the Facebook group and groups, and I knew, and I was like, oh, that's okay. I'm really strong, so I can handle it. I, it might feel like white knuckling, but I can handle it. I'm strong. I'm tough, and so that's what I did for for that spring and summer. I I had cream in my coffee. Fasting was pretty difficult. I definitely did 16-8, but I don't really consider that, you know, fasting because I was eating. There was food. There was food. There was cream. And so unfortunately, it took me a while to figure out, hey, I am really strong and tough. And that actually translates to I can drink black coffee. (laughs) And that was just, oh my gosh, it got so much easier. And the 16 hours just was too easy. And I started pretty much sticking to 18 or 20 and just kind of, I I used an app. I have not gone outside of 16 hour fast minimum in three years. So since I found clean fasting, so easy peasy, easy peasy. And Jen was right, people. Well, and you know, I wasn't as (laughs) firm about it in Delay Don't Deny. And I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about why. I know I probably have on the podcast, but it's been a long time. When I wrote Delay Don't Deny, I was just somebody running a Facebook group and I wanted to put this out there because there wasn't really a book that had everything in it. And so I wrote Delay Don't Deny and I had just read the obesity code in March of that year. And you know, Dr. Jason Fung is like, put a little cream in there. It's okay. Oh, and, and bone broth. He's got yeah, bone broth. I know. And, and like, I was not confident enough. I mean, I knew that the cream made it harder. I knew that was not fasting. I knew it wasn't in my heart and in my head. I knew it. But my lack of confidence with wanting to contradict the great Jason Funk was, I, I was like, well, let me just put it in here as a little like, well, you know, you can try this. And, and so in Delay on Deny, I did a little bit of not wanting to be contradicting the biggest voice out there. And so I am going to one day revise Delay Don't Deny and re-release it. And it's going to be very, very clear about that more so. I mean, I, I tell you not to do it, but I'm like, well, if you do it a little bit, no. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. You did. I mean, and Jason Funk has so much good stuff and so much research. So He so does I have so much good stuff. And, you know, I, I've heard him talk about a lot of things and, I, I wish he would would get on board with the whole idea of it really is not easier because I think he thinks, and it might be a psychologically easier for people, but it's not physically easier. 
Like you experienced how hard it was. And I remember how hard it was when we weren't fast and clean. And, you know, maybe psychologically you think that little bit of cream is doing something for you, but it really is just making it harder. So I think he's coming from the perspective of, I'd rather rope them in with, you know, a little cream in their coffee and get them going rather than having them do nothing. Like a little bit is better than nothing because he's coming from the direction of we're trying to cure your type 2 diabetes and you might need kidney a problems. Yes, right. they, they do think of it as a crutch. But I'm coming from the perspective of you can do it and it'll be easier and this is better for you in the long run. Trust me and just try it, right? You don't need that. You know, I'm, I'm talking to somebody right now who's it's actually my massage therapist and she's amazing. And we just moved here. And and the clean fast has been drinking the black coffee has been a challenge for her just because like everybody else, we're used to the creamy stuff. And I'm like, you can do it. And she's been doing it and she's doing amazing. And I'm super proud of her. I don't know if she's listening to this podcast, but if you are, shout out to my great massage therapist. But that really is the hard part. And if I said, oh yeah, it's okay. Just have a little, she'd be doing it and it would be harder. Right. Right. So I think you can do it, people. I do too. So once you switched to the clean fast, it got a lot easier is the moral of that story. Yes. It got easier and I was losing weight with the with the dirty fast, but it just became effortless and 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 my brain switched to I can do this for a while. Like I did vegetarian for a year. I could do IF for a year or more. It switched to this is forever. That's what it did for me too. That's really when the switch was flipped is when I started fasting clean because I was still white knuckling it every single day. I had lost 75 pounds, not fasting clean, and I was white knuckling it every day. And as soon as that I can eat occurred every day, I started eating. eating. There was no more, you know, delaying it or waiting. So it it really did just change everything for me. And I've heard that from so many people that People who think it's helping, I just wish they would just take that clean fast challenge and try and they might be like, oh, this is a lot easier. That's why, like I say, fast feast repeats, like it's like a guide as far as just follow this. And I recommend it when I, I don't share IF as much as I'd like to. And and this podcast might be a way to kind of do that. But whenever someone does ask me, the people I worked with at that, when we came back from COVID, they were like, what have you done? And that's what I, I'm like, read fast feast repeat. I have a screenshot of it on my phone from Amazon and I send it, I text it to people. This book, this book, this is the one. Um, and I, I hope so delay, clear. don't deny. Once I revise it, I want it to be just, a, you know, some people like a shorter book. So once I really get that, you know, with the, we need new success stories in the back because those are, those are a little odd when you read them. <laughs> the successor. I love those people that submitted them and I'm so grateful for them. But remember, we delayed on tonight hadn't been out yet. So people were telling their stories and they were also very different <laughs> and not stuff I would recommend now, knowing what I know now. So I need to really clean it up. Well, and one you day have, that'll you happen. Just, you have this network of thousands of people that you know would just tell the greatest success stories because you've exactly. heard so many. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so that, that'll that happen. It's just a matter of, of getting all the details worked out. Because I would also like it to be traditionally published and out there so like you could pick it up at Barnes & Noble or something instead of just only being tied to Amazon. Well, when you do that, we'll buy a new copy because Dave gave away our copy and they never returned it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, one life change. So when you when you got back into the, the face-to-face school then, people were just like, wow, Kelly. Yes, yes. What are you doing? 
what have you done? You know, a lot of people had gained weight for during COVID and all of that. So I share it kind of shyly. Um, I shared it with family pretty much right away. It's going to, it would be pretty obvious that you're not eating, you know, especially when we go back and visit. And I'm usually there at least a month in the summer. So I I told my family um, and I think that, I don't know if this is a phenomenon other listeners find, but I think that daughters, older adult daughters might be harder on their mothers about IF than anybody else. My mom was very like, supportive. My daughter, Layla, she is 27. She was like, you're starving yourself. What are you doing? (laughs) And then my aunt started intermittent fasting. You'll love her story because she actually, her doctor recommended it. Oh, I love that. Um, Yeah. And her daughter who is in her thirties still is giving her a hard time when I was there in the summer, she's giving her a hard time about it. So, but everyone else like I, I told people about it um, and I never told coworkers unless they ask. I have some, some friends that I teach with now and we use a social app called uh, Marco Polo where we do videos. And a couple of those gals were just, oh, it, it's like the dread. Oh, I've got to get back on Weight Watchers. The summer's over. I got to get back. And I ended up just doing a polo just like you know, this is, this is it for me. And I kind of put myself out there. Um, none of them started. Uh, I did, I did, you know, recommend your book and everything. And none of them started, they're still struggling with, you know, the Weight Watchers and the shakes, they're drinking the shakes and they, it's dread. It's dread. Yeah. And that's what, it breaks that. my heart. It breaks well, my heart because food should be better, not worse. Mm-hmm. You and that's what I have gives you. <laughs> food should be better, not worse. You planted that seed. You know, it makes me think back to all those those diety years of the shakes. I mean, you know, being in schools, we're all like, you know, talking about diets all the time. Uh, maybe people who are not in schools don't realize that. Teachers are always talking about a diet while drinking their creamy coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Or their yeah. gross shake. Are drinking a diet soda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, or drinking a gross shake. And I can just remember all of us struggling for so long. And then when I started intermittent fasting for real, and they're like, well, that's a crazy thing Jen's doing, but that one's too crazy. We're not doing that. Like they really were like, no. But then they watched me for, you know, a long time. And then I was not regaining the weight. And then suddenly people were like, well, okay, now I want to hear more about it. So you've planted that seed. And they will eventually get hangry enough and tired enough of the yo-yo that they are going to want to know more. So I know that those seeds that you planted are going to sprout. They might be dormant for a season or two, but <laughs> spring is coming. They will see it. And they'll be they'll want to know more because, you know, you're just so relaxed and free. And if someone tried to give you a shake, you'd be like, no, thank you. No, definitely not. That's not window worthy, my friend. No way. <laughs> it, it absolutely isn't. And so, you know, one one day they'll be they'll be ready for that. I want to circle back to what you said before about your daughter and then your aunt's daughter, especially since your aunt's doctor recommended it. Right. So she um knew that Dave and I fast. She actually lives with my mom now. And so she's very aware and she was curious about it. She asked questions. She's just, she's a, she's a curious, she's in her seventies. She's very early seventies. She's very curious. I love her. I love her. She's always been the cool aunt and she and Dave get along great. 
And so, but she went to her doctor and she said, listen, something's got to give. My knees hurt. I'm tired of carrying this much weight. And her doctor said, you know, I've been doing um, intermittent fasting. I've lost 60 pounds. It's incredible. And she said, oh my gosh, my niece does that. And, uh, and she's a rip the bandaid off. She, she walked out. She's been doing a uh, 19.5 ever since. While we were there in the summer, we went to this amazing brunch place that with my mom and, and, you know, I'm like, listen, Auntie Di, I am happy to fast with you. Like, cause I was at about 16 hours anyways, but I said, I will fast with you. Cause she usually opens her window. She does like one, to, one to six. And I said, we can get our food to go and I will eat with you at one o'clock. And I just waited till the, the server came and they took the orders. And, and when they got to her, I went, you know, I was just listening. I'm like, let's see what she does. And she said, I'm going to go ahead and get my, I'll order mine after because I'm going to get it to go and I'll just have some black coffee. And I said, me too. And so that's what we did. And I'm like, listen, that you pass that test because that brunch is incredible. I know. I would, I would, pro- if I, you said you were around like 16 hours at the time. Yeah. I, I would have been like, it's brunch time. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> I would have opened my window for sure, but in solidarity, I you were being hungry. supportive of her to see what <laughs> yeah, she wanted to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, I love and that. I, yeah, and I was happy to wait. So it was, I yeah, she's just doing great. She she has lost um, weight, and and she is also like, hey, it doesn't come off as fast as it does with dieting, and but it's it's she feels good, and it's more long term, and and so consistent. She's just being really consistent with it. So. And can I take a moment to apologize to postmenopausal women everywhere because I am now postmenopausal and our bodies are so different after menopause that, you know, when I wrote Delayed on Tonight, I lost the weight with intermittent fasting and then it was it was a different body. You know how you mentioned that you um, lost the weight so easily when you were 18 and 20 after your pregnancies and then at 30 it was different? Our bodies change. So, you know, I guess I probably should mention that when I revise delay, don't deny. If you're on the other side of menopause, it's going to be even slower because of our body changes. Right. Hormones are no joke. They're no joke. They they control so much of what's going on. And they all work together. You know, we, we talk about them in isolation. We talk about insulin in isolation. We talk about you know, estrogen and progesterone and testosterone and isolation, but they really do all work together. You know, I just have finally, finally, a few weeks ago, started hormone replacement. I have a friend who's an OBGYN and I had half-heartedly done it a little bit back when I had Dr. Jones on the show, but I was like, I don't need this. I don't need it. I don't really need it. Well, I did need it. (laughs) I just didn't. (laughs) I was pretending I didn't, but my friend, she's like, you are going to start to age in ways you don't like to see your body just needs these hormones. And so you know, she tested my levels and and it is it is true our bodies are different. And so we we do need to be aware of that cuz I I can see you're you're not at the point that I am yet, but for everybody who's listening, if you're if you're menopausal, postmenopausal like like Kelly's aunt, it is going to be slower probably. But it's still not hopeless. And it's so worth it still. So worth it's it so still. It's so worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the health benefits are huge. Very much so. So tell me some of the health benefits that y'all have had. I definitely like don't I don't get headaches like I used to. I love the flexibility. Like I can if 
whatever I'm doing is, you know, keeping me from being able to get access to food for a while, then it's like, okay, I'll, I'll just fast longer, you know, or whatever. And that, that like, especially once I do some long flights, that'll help. But other than that, I think my skin feels better. I, I used to have really greasy skin and it's not nearly as greasy as it used to be. Uh, just my body overall, I just I just don't get as sore as I used to. We hear that a lot. Like recovery from exercise is quicker as an intermittent faster than than pre-intermittent fasting. Of course, it makes sense, right? Because, you know, after you stress those muscles with your exercise, then your body has to do some repair there. And when you're fasting, it can focus on that repair. So you're not going to have the soreness for as long. But yeah, me too. I've, I've totally noticed that. A lot, a lot less muscle soreness. And really, you know, even when we were moving and I was working really hard and lifting a lot of things, I didn't have a lot of soreness. Yeah, I think Dave used to take ibuprofen like every day and and he doesn't take it like that anymore. He doesn't. Yeah, we don't have to, to buy as much, right? Yeah, I always had it in my purse for like that was just something you had in your purse. You had ibuprofen or whatever it was, some kind of pain reliever in your purse because you just might need it. And it has really been years since intermittent fasting, since I've carried it around with me. So like if someone is here and they need something like that, or if I like have a weird headache, which is very, very, very unusual, I have to like search for it. Like I don't even know where it is. I'm like, do I even have any of that? But yeah, it's a great feeling to not be popping that stuff all the time. And how about you, Kelly? I gave up my daily like antacid, which, oh my gosh, I am so grateful for because I really feel that your stomach acid is your friend, but I was miserable lying down at night. So you had a lot of reflux. I had a lot of reflux. Yeah. So my reflux med is gone. I've lost about 10 inches from my belly, which oh I know gosh. that your belly is a big indicator of health. 10, and my, 10 inches. Huge. And so I'm just, that's my shape. That's where my weight wants to, to gather. Yeah. I just, I felt pregnant all the time and I just feel so much better with that gone. What else? I, this might be too much information, but bowel movements are more regular and productive and easier. No, I think that's not too much information. I think that's <laughs> fabulous information. And I'm going to say, here's why. Because when people first start intermittent fasting, a lot of them have a digestive adaptation period, let's just say. And it could be either direction, okay? And it depends on your body. And the, luckily, I didn't have that. I didn't have constipation. I didn't have diarrhea. I did not. But I was already taking magnesium regularly before that, and that has always really helped me with regularity, among other things, sleeping, all of that. But knowing that this this should regulate for you, you know that that if you're if you're someone who starts intermittent fasting and now you're constipated, you know you can work with your diet. Maybe you need some magnesium, take some time, but your digestion will adjust. Or if you're the person who's the opposite. You start intermittent fasting, and all of a sudden, every time you open your window, you have diarrhea. That happens. People are like, what's happening to me? Well, your body has to adjust to something new. And also, magnesium might help you as well. You know, because I, this here's the maybe too much information, but I, I take my magnesium at bedtime. I wake up in the morning. I drink my coffee. I go to the bathroom. It's no big deal. It's not. You know, my body just does it. And I'm on the I'm on the exact same routine. Don't have to worry about it at work or anything. It's just clockwork. And my aunt actually said she she finds that to be a big non-scale victory also. Um, like I say, she's postmenopausal, but she um thinks that she had um 
IBS and she thinks that that IF cured it. She really does feel like there's no meds needed. There's it's just comfortable now. So well, that's you know, great. a period of gut rest is good for our gut as well because our our gut microbiome. Not one single part of our body is meant to be dealing with food during every waking hour. So like of all the advice we've ever been given, the advice to eat the minute you wake up and then eat small meals nonstop throughout the day is probably the worst for every part of our body. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back, and you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Urban Outfitters, Fenty Beauty, and Expedia, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Store pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cashback. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. You can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. It's just not natural. That's not, it's not what nature intended and it's not what our ancestors did. And it sure doesn't feel good. No. And, and obesity is up. So let's figure out why, <laughs> what we've changed well, you know, and I mean, and there's this, a lot think of about this. Think about all the animals in the wild and which animals are constantly eating nonstop and grazing. It's they're the, your big animals, you know? Yeah. The, <laughs> the biggest animals in the wild are the ones who are grazing nonstop. And then, you know, your super lean, sleek animals, they are out there. They like, have a giant feast and then they go to sleep and then they don't eat for a while and 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 they're lean. It's all they're yeah. all mad. <laughs> that lion, that tiger, they're they're one meal a day. And they're, <laughs> and they're they eat they eat till they're satisfied and then they stop. And then they stop. That's right. And they're like, uh oh, I I binged on that gazelle. I didn't know. <laughs> they're not worried about that. <laughs> they no, ate till no. they, they couldn't eat anymore. So <laughs> exactly. So we're we're not meant to do that. We're not eat, meant to eat all the time. And we feel so much better. So I'm, I'm glad that you shared that because, yeah, we, we don't want to talk about our bowel movements necessarily, but it's important because then people get started and they have this weird stuff happen and they're like, is it going to get better? And knowing that it, it, it should get better. And if, if it's really not getting better, it's not that fasting is a problem or that fasting isn't going to work for you. It's that you need to work on your gut a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and talk to news, your doctor about yep. that because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things you can do. There really are. And you can work on your gut. And there, you know, Fiber Fueled is a great book for that. Dr. Ruscio. Yeah. There are a lot of books out there. You can actually make your gut more resilient. I don't know if that's the right word, healthy. And so it can, it isn't going to do whatever it's doing that you don't like. <laughs> so is there anything that y'all struggle with? So because I spend a decent amount of time at home now, if the weather's bad or if I can't fly or whatever, 
Um, it definitely makes things a lot harder when I'm at home because like you were saying, it's so easy to snack or whatever. And so window creep. Yeah. When I, when I'm at home, my windows, you know, it's still like 18 hours, but it's once it hits 18 hours, cause that's like my, my main minimum, it's really hard to not eat at that point. And my body, I get hungry and that kind of thing. Whereas if I'm busy and, you know, out and about doing whatever, 24, 20 hours is no problem. Well, can I give you a little gin coaching here? Yes, well, please. You, you mentioned that your weight had gone back up a little bit since yeah. your shift. It's because of that, yeah. Well, I, I would like you to set a new goal instead of 18. How about 20? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you were maintaining, no, no big deal. But you're not where you want to be. You're not feeling your best. And you're talking about your knee is hurting. Mm-hmm. So every bit of weight you can get off that knee is going to help you feel better. So I know now I've just made it harder for you, but it's almost like it's easier because here's why. Instead of 18 rolling around and you're like, well, it's been 18. I can eat if I want to. Well, you're going to eat if you're telling yourself that story in your head. Because I look, I know from my own experience, I've been dealing with some beach window creep and had to tighten things back up for myself because you know, every time I'd ever gone to the beach, it was vacation. And now I live here. It is not vacation. It is where I live. So I can't do that anymore. So I have tightened up my window. And when I tell myself I can eat it too, if I want to, I'm going to like always want to. Right. But when I tell myself, you know what, I'm going to wait till five. I can wait till five. It's, It's not hard to wait till five. So I'm not telling you you have to wait till five, but set 20 as an intention and then tell yourself at 20, I can open my window and then just stay busy. Yeah. See if that helps. Yeah. Thank you. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. If you come on the show, I'm going to coach you. Yeah. (laughs) We were counting on it. (laughs) Well, I, I get it though, because, you know, everybody expects Jen to have it all together, but I, I, like to eat for pleasure as much as everybody else. And in, you know, I'm, I'm in maintenance, but window creep is real even for me. And I'm going to say, like I talked about before, postmenopause, my body is different. I cannot have as much window creep as I used to. I've gained an inch around my waist in the past year. And I mean, a lot of that is because, you know, we're learning that postmenopause, all those hormones matter. Not having estrogen, not having progesterone, that affects our blood sugar. Like our bodies can't regulate blood sugar as well when we don't have those other hormones. And I'm like, what? What? No, not fair. You know, but it's true. So, you know, I, I know we, we can we can do it. We can fight that window creep. Yes. I struggle a little bit with figuring out my protocols. I've played with lots of different things. And just what's working for my body. So three years later, I I do consider myself in maintenance, but, you know, I was really focused. I was focused a long time on being in the normal BMI, which I got there. But then I was focused on being in the 120s, not a good idea. Um, I haven't given up the scale yet. I see the regular fluctuations and it still messes with me a little bit. Honestly, I can be in the 120s, but you know what it takes is it takes dieting, right? It takes it takes being on we do whole 30. If we do we do a couple whole 30s a year, which is easy to do, but it's not sustainable long term. But you can do 30 days and my weight goes down to that, but it's not gonna stay there and be able to eat the food that I want to eat. And so 
like you said, like it's, it feels like it, then it feels like a diet. And I, I absolutely refuse. I absolutely refuse. So, but one of those things with that though, is she exercises like four to six times a week. She is in such good shape. She has so much muscle on her body. So, you know, I keep telling her two of the same thing. She looks fantastic. She has so little fat on her. And so I think that being in the one thirties, I think is, should be where she should be because she has gained, it has to be at least 20 pounds of muscle over the last couple of years. And, you know, so she just, she's having a hard time getting, seeing through that, you know. I get that because we're so tied into a number. And I bet Kelly, you, you said earlier, you thought of yourself through your whole life as 120s. Right, right. And And it's hard to give up. But then if you go back in time to, I don't know, early adulthood when you were in your 120s, I bet you were not nearly as as muscular as you are now. That's very true. And body recomposition has been my friend. It really has. And I I, I feel very comfortable in clothes. And my clothes size is definitely something that, that I have not had in a long time. So, And I bet if you put on those clothes that fit you in your early adulthood, like the exact same clothes, do you have some old clothes hanging around? No, I'm, I am a... You got I've rid of always them. been like I get rid of stuff when it doesn't fit because I just yeah. I saved you know that the pair of <laughs> size six Gap jeans and I have a pair of Gap shorts that are pleated and hideous and I wore them <laughs> in the nineties I don't know why I saved those why'd they make the cut I don't even know they just were hiding somewhere didn't get thrown out but you know my body is completely shaped differently than it was in my twenties. And, and early 30s. It's just, it's completely different thanks to intermittent fasting. So now I'm going to coach you just like Dave coached you there. Throw that number of 120s out of your mind. You got to get rid of it. You weigh in the 130s because you are strong and muscular and you want <laughs> to maintain that. You don't want to get down into the 120s because you wouldn't have an, enough, um, enough fat on your body probably. We need to have a little bit. We're supposed to. And you're so lean. You don't want to lose muscle mass. That's thank you. That's she wears true. small and extra small clothes. So see, yeah. And honestly, when I look at like when we do a whole thirty, and I'm in the one twenties. Like my, the pictures on my face, I look older. You know what see? I mean? Like yep. I don't necessarily like. I forbid you from doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my teacher voice right there. <laughs> thank you, teacher. Jen. I mean, you can I do get... whatever you want, but no, I appreciate the coaching. <laughs> I appreciate it. I just don't think that, that I don't think you need to do that anymore. Because you're you don't need you're you don't need to lose that weight. It's it's like that's that's what I the conversation I had with myself when I gave up the scale for good was when I when I got on the scale and it wasn't the number I wanted to see and that had a three, it had a three just like yours, and, and the 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 tens digit, not a two, and I really wanted a two. I wanted to see 125. And you know, because when I got pregnant with Cal, I was 123, and I just thought that's where I should go. And then I was like, "Wait, no. What? What's my goal? To be a double zero at the get at the loft? Yeah, yeah. It is yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. What does that even mean? You don't even right. exist if it's double zero. I know. Right? I have like one piece of clothing that's a double zero, and it's the crazy. And I'm not a double zero. I'm I'm probably really a, a solid two. But you know, clothing sizes are so weird. But you know, it, it gets really hard to buy clothes to find them when you're you know for. For women our age, I mean, you go to the junior department, but those clothes aren't cut for our bodies. And so, you know, if you got down there and stayed, you wouldn't be able to find any clothes you liked. So, right. And I like just get, getting get my clothes that. off the rack. Exactly. 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 <laughs> 
Well, we are almost out of time because there's two of you. I'm going to start. I'm going to start with you first, Dave. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Uh, the thing I tell people and I kind of, you know, I've had a couple of friends that they kind of tip their toes in it is don't get too aggressive with your windows initially. Start slow, you know, start at 12 if you want, you know, or at the most 16 at the most and then do it for at least two weeks, if not a month. And then if you want to, you know, make it a little, you know, shorter, great. But I had a friend that, you know, she really needs intermittent fasting and, you know, she's got, she's, you know, type two diabetic on the way and she's got heart issues and all this stuff and cholesterol and all that. And she went right to 20 and she did it for like a week or two. And then it was just too much. And that's why I told her, I was like, when she told me 20, I was like, that's too aggressive. You need to be, you know, try start with 12, you know, or 16. And anyway, and uh, so that would be, I think the biggest thing that people do. And then certainly just you know, be patient, it will come and just try to, you don't necessarily have to get a, most people I wouldn't think need to increase your exercise. Just don't decrease it, you know, from that's that. a very you know, that's good point. What happened with me is I, if I've decreased, then, you know, that's where I've had the issues and I know it and I just need to get back and find ways to get more, you know, more exercise. So absolutely. All right. And Kelly, how about you? You know, I think that it's a good idea to kind of look at your body mind connection Jen says to change your mindset. And the thing is, is that we talk about your body might have some healing to do. So the weight is not going to fall off like it does with diets, but it's going to stay off. And it's not just your body that has healing to do. It might be your mind too. Just like we're talking about a number on a scale, that mindset might need to flip. We need to tap back into our signals that our body is telling us all the time. You've had enough. You're not hungry. You are, you know, we, we tend to ignore those signals, but this is the most natural thing in the world because if you can just tap back into that and kind of heal your mind. That's so, so big. And, you know, diets taught us to ignore those signals. A hundred percent. And they taught us that to have this sense of dread, whereas to me, intermittent fasting should be like, so exciting because you're going to enjoy food again. And that's the thing I see people all the time and it breaks my heart. They're struggling so much and they have this sense of dread and, and eating is supposed to be something that we need to live. It shouldn't be something that anybody's obsessing over, but it is also something that should be enjoyable. It's what it's we supposed use to, to be. celebrate. We celebrate with people that we love. It's one of the joys in life and there shouldn't be dread with it. It should it should be enjoyable. It's just, or it's guilt. hard to balance and there shouldn't be those feelings yeah. of guilt. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. There, there should not be guilt. And, and we've just had that so ingrained in us like, oh, if you enjoyed that, you should really feel guilty about it because you shouldn't have, you should have had a quinoa cake instead. Because <laughs> Nobody should have that. <laughs> and I, I think that people should really try to build a community. Even if it's just, I have a fasting partner and my goodness, what a great thing. This this partner in life, this partner in fasting. Oh, any sense of community that you can get. So if it's not in your household, you know, you can join Jen's community, have somebody at work that's doing it with you. Just just anything, any way to have a sense of community, I think is it less really, lonely. really helps. You know, I talked about how I was having window creep and someone was, you know, wanting to have some accountability. And I'm like, how about you? Because the teacher, teacher in me, I'm like, how about you take the lead on that and you post it every day? <laughs> 
And instead of me doing that, you do that. And and two two ladies in the community stepped up, and I appreciate that very very much. And I've been posting in the accountability thread because I told you I'd been having window creeps, so I set my intention to have a, a five o'clock opening. And I was like, well, one day I was like sitting around somewhere and I was like, I would like to eat now because I'm in a place where I like to eat. And I'm like, but it's not five. And I said, I'd wait till five and I'm really not even hungry. So I I wrote about that in the community and that helped me. This many years in my journey, having community keeps me motivated and feeling accountable. So if it's your friend, if it's your sister, if it's my community, if it's a Marco Polo group, whatever it is. Find if it's just your spouse, find somebody and, and support each other and hold each other accountable. Absolutely. And so you each have something to hold the other person accountable for. I've given you each some some <laughs> a little bit of coaching. A little bit we of a little bit of a little bit of coaching, but you know, help each other work through that. And and I look forward to hearing how y'all are doing. Thank you so much, Jen. Thanks for changing our lives for the better. We're gonna live we're going to live long lives thanks to you and your And advice. happy lives, too. Happy lives. Thank you all so much. Thank you, right. Jen. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com, and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember... I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey, you. It's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... Jay, Jay, well, Jay, Jay, why are you, yeah. why are you whispering? Well, it, there's, there's a pst in the, in, the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span... Our mystery... We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests. All right, here we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life. And if you're yeah, a Matt Wondery McConaughey, fan, then you're going to... Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now and you can listen yeah. to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.